0: And welcome back to another episode of Bedrock City Presents Uncanny Universe Podcast. And on this week's episode, we are talking about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a different show today because it's just me. I said we at the top because that's default and I'm not used to not saying we. Uh, Dylan had a last minute schedule emergency and it's just me today. That's right. So I'm Michael. Um, This is the first ever solo podcast uh, by me on the Uncanny Universe. So, you know, this is going to be a fun adventure. I'm sure you can tell by the runtime that this is a a short one. But so anyway, I do have Dylan's thoughts. He has sent me um, his bullet point review and we'll get to that when we get to it. um, We will be uh, we um, (laughs) I will be spoiling. Um Transformers Rise of the Beasts, but I won't be spoiling it until I get through the news. Uh so just stick with us till the news is over and forgive any use of plurals. Uh look, I'm trying, all right? So, anyway, let's get to the news. Um we're going to still divide the news up in the typical way that we normally would. Um I'm going to do Dylan's portion of the news first or what would normally be Dylan's portion of the news. Dylan will be back next week, uh by the way. So, forgive the hiccups, everybody. Anyway, so First, we had a big, um, Star Wars stuff, uh, some, so what, what, I'm sorry, not, what do you call it, the Xbox Game Showcase, excuse me, um, and they introduced a bunch of new stuff, but the thing that's most noteworthy, really, I think, is the Star Wars Outlaws video game, um, it's made by Ubisoft Massive, um, the people that did, uh, The Division, I don't know if y'all ever played those, um, I liked the first one, uh, I actually didn't know there were more, because the article says the Division series, so (laughs) cool, I guess good for them, they did did more than one. Um, I have a Division anecdote I'll get to in a second. Um, Anyway, so this is being billed as the first open world Star Wars game ever created, which I take a little bit of umbrage with that, because uh, what is an MMORPG, if not an open world game, because I've played a significant amount of Star Wars Galaxies, but I think they mean single player open world game. And even then, what about older public? Not just the older public, that is. Whatever. Either way, they uh, put out a uh cinematic trailer that looks pretty cool. And I would recommend going to check it out because it looks pretty cool. Um and it takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um featuring characters that we don't know. Um it says right there, who is it? Um K Vess. A cunning scoundrel seeking the means to start a new life. Constantly on the run and looking over her shoulder, Vess is is offered an opportunity to start anew, but it will, will require pulling off the most daring heist The Outer Rim has ever seen. It's coming out sometime. There's no date, but it does look cool. Go check out the cinematic trailer. Next, we have The Legend of Zelda animated film has been officially announced from Universal and... Illumination. Um, I'm guessing having to do with the big success of the Super Mario Brothers movie. um, It was, what, the second highest grossing animated film of all time. Um, So, no no big surprises here that we're going to get The Legend of Zelda on the big screen. Um, What are they going to adapt? Who knows? Do they go with the more recent modern success of doing Breath of the Wild or even Tears of the Kingdom or something like that? Or do they go back to earlier stuff and adapt something like ocarina of time or link to the past even i don't know who knows i personally would love to see ocarina of time um but that might be a little too time jumpy and weird for a first introduction to zelda uh on the big screen but anyway um it looks really cool from (laughs) the text that they announced you know what i mean there's no uh there's no images there's no trailers this is just a hey we're working on it type of a thing so that's cool no idea when it's coming out, but Mario Brothers didn't disappoint. Uh, I mean, go back and listen to our review a month or two ago. Um, I, I, I was surprised by the Mario Brothers movie. Um, things that did get a trailer, we did get a trailer for The Witcher season three. Um, so if you're like me, I remember the news story about how Henry Cavill is not going to be in The Witcher anymore, and it's Liam Hemsworth that came out. That story was, I man. We cover so much stuff here, but it feels like a year ago that we talked about that. Um, Either way, Henry Cavill's in this trailer. This is the last... They already filmed this before they uh, parted ways. Um, And we have a new trailer for The Witcher Season 3. And it's got a Radiohead song in it, which is kind of weird. But it looks okay. Um, I liked Season 1 fine. I got halfway through Season 2 and bailed. So I I don't know if this is going to do enough to bring me back... Um, I know Dylan was very um, mid on Witcher Season 2 as well, so I don't know. I can't... But see, Dylan will watch anything, though. He will, I mean, not anything, but, you know, he will give a lot of stuff a second and third and fourth chance. So I imagine Dylan will let you know how this is. Um, unless it gets, you know, really great-looking reviews and everything, I'm probably just going to go ahead and pass on this movie or show. Excuse me. Um so we did get, um, a bunch of delay shifts having to deal with the ongoing writer's strike. Uh, that's still not resolved. That is still an ongoing issue. Um, a bunch of Disney stuff moved around. Um, obviously no surprises there. Um, so let's see. Captain America, Brave New World moved. I'm not going to give you the new dates. D- these dates are all made up anyway. Um. I I don't believe, like, these are, we're talking 2024 and beyond for these dates. Um, Captain America Brave New World got bumped, pushed back. Uh, Thunderbolts got pushed back to the end of 2024. And then Blade got bumped uh, a, a little bit further into February, and into 2025. Fantastic Four further into May 2025. And then, let's see, Kang Dynasty got bumped. Secret Wars got bumped. Pretty much everything. Deadpool got bumped. But it got moved forward. Interesting. It got moved forward from November 8th, 2024 to May 3rd, 2024. So I don't know what's up with that. I guess that means they were done filming with it. So they wanted to try to get get that out uh, when they're going to have this uh, bit of a drought with Marvel releasing. Um, they did also move around some Star Wars stuff. Some unnamed Star Wars stuff. Um, so they announced that there's a Star Wars film in December 2026, because I need that information. Um, and then a separate Star Wars movie has been pushed from December 19th, 2025, to May 22nd, 2022. Oh, I'm sorry. And then there's a, a third one for December 17th, 2027. Um, Disney has not clarified the premises of any of these installments. Why do I need to know this information? Um, that in four years, four and a half years, I'm going to get a Star Wars movie. Let me know when there's a little bit more to it. Um, there's an alien movie they got they got bumped. Um, it's produced by Ridley Scott and directed by Fede Alvarez. And we like Fede Alvarez around here, so I'm excited for that. I don't love the um, modern alien franchise. I think Dylan and I disagree a little bit there. I think he likes Prometheus. Oh, gosh, I'm probably misspeaking. Um, I know we both didn't like Alien Covenant, but... I don't remember his thoughts on all of the recent Alien movies, but I know I don't like them, but I do really like Fede Alvarez, who did 2013's Evil Dead, which is fantastic. He did the Don't Breathe movie, which is alright, and and that new Netflix, Texas Chainsaw, which is, you know, mid, but it's really bloody, which is really all you need, so I'm looking forward to, hopefully, a super violent Alien film. Um, I think that's it for the dates. Oh, the Avatar. The Avatar movies did not move around yet because they're so far in the future. Um, it says, in regards to Avatar, the space the space between the sequels will allow the post-production and visual effects department to continue expanding, developing, refining ecosystems across the vast world of Pandora. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's sticking around to its December 2025 date. So we'll see when we get to it. The last bit of um, Dylan-themed news is so at the Boy Honesty. It's in France. Excuse me, the Honesty International Animation Film Festival um, took place uh, yesterday, as of this recording, um, in France, and there was an interview with Jarell Dampier, who is an animator. um, I'm sorry, a director. Excuse me, he's also an animator. talking about a, quote-unquote, horror-tinged Miles Morales, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, short. Um, Short film, excuse me. And here's the direct quote. Um, Quote, my favorite genre is horror. I think that it's the perfect envelope to give great messages out, especially to younger audiences. And I think that it's something that we've kind of shied away from for a long time. But I think if you take a character that kids really love and you put that character in a thrilling situation, I think they get a lot out of it. I say kids, but really, I'm talking about all of us. I'm talking about the kid inside of us. You know what I mean? The ability to use something scary with something we love. I think that that's that's the combination to landing the points, sticking sticking the landing in the film. Um, He didn't disclose anything about what this short film is about, um, but there is an image which tells you nothing. It's Miles sitting at a windowsill looking very spider-verse however that is a super exciting piece of information honestly because you know we can't get enough spider- verse around here no spoilers go back to listen to last week's episode but um we both loved it um and i would be i would love to see anything else they have to tell in this universe and that sounds super cool anyway that's gonna do it for this portion of the news let's hear about that live sale I bet you didn't know that we host a weekly live streaming comic sale! Dust off your old Facebook account or borrow your grandma's login and join us every Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. central. Bedrock City is the only verified blue check comic store on Facebook, meaning we're better than everyone else. It also means that we're trusted to bring you brand new quality key issues, comic bundles, variants, and more every week at super affordable prices. Even if you've already spent all your money on Fortnite skins like me, you can still join just to hang out and chat comics with Kevin Austin and me. For all the details not covered here, or if your auditory processing disorder didn't allow you to comprehend anything I just said, head over to bedrockcity.com live to read all the details. Hashtag ad. And we are back, and we're going to get to my news. Um, Yes, we're not going to do Picks of the Week, it's just me, so no picks this week, it is Going right into the news. So the first thing is a little bit of a spoiler for Transformers Revenge of uh wait. What's it called? Rise of the Beasts. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, so it's a comic book related spoiler. However, if you don't want to catch any spoilers for Transformers Rise of the Beasts, skip a, skip ahead like two minutes and you should be alright. All right. You've been warned. All right. So a new comics line has been announced. uh The Energon Universe Transformers number one is coming from Image Comics in October. No longer with IDW, uh, Transformers is coming to Image Comics and Skybound with, with Robert Kirkman at the helm, and it's going to be called the Energon Universe, crossing over with GI Joe and Void Rivals, the new comic from Robert Kirkman. We'll get more, a lot more about this as it gets closer to the, to the release, of course. Um, probably a lot more at San Diego, San Diego Comic-Con next month. Um, we'll definitely give you that update when we know more about it. So very exciting for fans of those properties for sure. All right, moving on to pretty much everything else is going to be horror related as is the case with me usually. So Spirit Halloween, we've talked about Spirit Halloween a lot. Um, they're, they're doing something new this year. So they're opening up a flagship store. So normally they don't open up till, you know, August or September, usually uh, late August, early September for Spirit Halloween. But this Friday, in July 28th, in uh, Egg Harbor Township in New Jersey. Oh yeah, we all know Egg Harbor. Um, they're going to be home to the Spirit Halloween Flagship Store, which is a really kind of nuts sort of experience here. Um, so it's not a flagship store in the sense that it's one of those it's going to forever be open stores. It is just the prime Spirit Halloween temporary location. And this is like there, there's going to be camping and it's like the first 200 fans are getting swag bags and like this is like a, like a Mondo drop or something. I don't know what the deal is. Um, I don't know what you could pop, like. I like I like Spirit Halloween. I have a fun time every, every time I'm there, but I can't imagine like camping out because I'm um, go, go to their website, spirithalloween.com and they give you all the rules for when you're allowed to camp, where you're allowed to camp overnight, where you can wait in line, what to expect, and blah blah blah. And everyone will go and get numbered lanyards. They're only letting a certain number of people in the store at the same time. They're gonna have food, fun, and games, you know, the hotels, discounted hotel rates like it's a convention. This is crazy. It's a spirit Halloween. Uh, anyway, I mean, let me if if we have any New Jer- New Jersey uh, listeners, uh, let me know. Go go down to Egg Harbor and tell me what's up. Um, I want to see it. Anyway, moving on. Um, we got some interesting. I I don't know if I'd call this news or just a bit of a tidbit of a teaser thing. James Wan, director and horror guy, uh, was doing a. Reddit AMA and Ask Me Anything uh this past weekend, um, in honor of the new Insidious film coming out later this month. Um, and he was asked a question about, you know, stuff he'd like to do, dream projects and whatever. And he said, James Wan said, quote, My dream project that I have been secretly cooking away on down uh on the down low for the last five years is the call of Cthulhu. And that's super exciting to me. Um and it does it. It sounds more than a man. It'd be really cool if I got to do Call of Cthulhu. It sounds like it's something he's working on. Obviously, this is not an official announcement. This is just James Wan talking. But I think I don't know. I don't think he'd say it if if there wasn't uh, something coming for it. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll keep you up to date on that. I'd love to see that. I think, um, I think he could do that really well, especially instead <laughs> of since we're not getting that trench movie, right? Um. You, you know what, Black Manta did quote, Black Manta in the Aquaman film did quote um, the Call of Cthulhu novel. So, I guess he has been thinking about this a while. Um, we, we got a interesting horror announcement that kind of makes me go, huh? Um, the Leprechaun films, that's right, the Leprechaun films are coming back. They started out in 1993. There was a million of them. Most of them were straight to video and are bad. Um I've only seen Leprechaun one and Leprechaun two, and then whatever number was the one where they uh, t- Leprechaun Back to the Hood? That was real bad. Um anyway, they have officially announced that they are rebooting the franchise um with a with a new a new number one, if you will. Uh, quote unquote a new vision for the franchise. Um it's gonna it's by Lionsgate. Um director Felipe Vargas uh is gonna be helming the project. We don't know plot details, we don't know when, we don't know where, but we do know it'll probably be mid because it's Leprechaun. Um Felipe, I mean, maybe maybe not, maybe not, maybe I'm just being a hater. But this director has not directed any films before. He's directed um six shorts, so you know there's that. <laughs> anyway, um a couple more her- uh, horror news here. This one's pretty big. Um Terrifier 3. Um Bloody Disgusting has bl- the horror website and they if you don't know Bloody Disgusting that is like one of the best places for horror news. Um they uh, and they also own the streaming service Screambox, which is a decent streamer. Shudder's better, but Screambox is all right. Um anyway, they acquired the rights to Terrifier 3. Not just for streaming, but for um, theatrical release. And they talked about how they're going to be having a a wide theatrical release for Terrifier 3. Which is crazy to me. Because, look, we all live in this little bubble where, you know, I can talk to people about Terrifier. And they know what it is. But, like, I work at a comic book store and I see people who like this kind of stuff all the time. Most people don't know what Terrifier is. And this is not a movie i look. I'm excited, and I will absolutely go see it. But you know, I'm I'm a little surprised that they're going to push for a wide release for Terrifier three, and talk about how they're going to up the uh, up the gore content, which is really saying something. So, anyway, we'll we'll stay tuned. I'll keep you up to date on all of the uh, Terrifier three news. So be ready for that. Um, we got a, we got two trailers to talk about real quick um, from Netflix. Uh, or on Netflix, we have a trailer for something that I didn't know was coming out called they cloned Tyrone starring John Boyega and Jamie Foxx. It's a sci-fi mystery coming out July 21st. Um, it's going to debut uh, tomorrow or today as of this release at the um, ABFF, the American black film festival. So we should get some reactions there, but the trailer's pretty cool. Uh, it looks really good. It looks a little spooky, mostly sci-fi um the the film's official tag or log line is quote A series of eerie of a series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Um go check out the trailer, it looks pretty good. Um this is something I would definitely make the time to watch. So go check it out. Most important trailer of the week, however, Poor Things. Uh from A twenty four, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, um and Willem Defoe. Directed of course by Yorgos Lantimos, uh, from The Lobster, Killing of a Sacred Deer, Dog Tooth, and the Favorite. Um, you know, podcast favorite. We all love Yorgos in this house. Um, this is a movie, uh Emma Stone plays Bella Baxter, a dead woman summoned back to the world of the living, kind of like Frankenstein, by Willem Dafoe's Dr. Godwin Baxter. Um, it does look a lot like a reinterpretation of the Frankenstein story, um, and this looks really, really good. No surprises here. The trailer is incredible. Go watch it. Um, but honestly, you know what? You'd watch this one. Don't watch it anymore. because you won't need to. You know it's going to be good. You know, you know who's making it. It's and you know who's in it. This is going to be a good film. Um, I don't think we have an actual date for it yet. Um, no, no, we don't. But I mean, if there's a trailer, it's got to be coming out sometime in the next year. So we'll uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date as best we can. But that is the last of my news. So let's hear about those tabletop events. time to give you the rundown on all of the awesome upcoming tabletop events for the month of july all exact dates and formats can be found on our discord server kicking it off with keyforge we run two events a month at our clear lake location from 7 pm till around 9. keyforge is the perfect game for casual and hardcore card game players we also love our role-playing games once a month at our clear lake store we host an in-store one-shot rpg for players of all skill levels Players don't need to bring anything. All play materials, dice, pencils, and character sheets will be provided. There is no entry fee, however we do ask that you make a purchase of any size from the gaming department on the day of the event. Seats are very limited, and sign-ups are only open for about three weeks before the event. And of course, I can't forget about Paint Club. Every month we get together and paint some tabletop RPG miniatures. These events are for painters of all skill levels, including none. These events occur at Arcady and Clear Lake locations. We'll see you at the game tables. And I'm back. And we're going to talk, or I'm going to talk, about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Um, final warning for spoilers, I will be spoiling this movie. Um, this is your last chance to turn it off and go watch Transformers, I guess. Um, there is stuff to spoil, Um so, if you do care about spoilers for it, you know, turn back now. Final warning. All right, you still with me? Here we go. We're going to talk about Transformers. So, look, I want to. I'm going to get right off the bat. This movie's not great, <laughs> but um, Dylan and I had some sort of difference of opinion for once on this movie because if if you listen to the show for any long, uh, any decent amount of time, you know, Dylan and I typically line up uh, on most most things. Um, but as Dylan is not here, he did send me his, um, bullet pointed, uh, review. And I thought that would be a fun way for us to talk about it today by going through his list. And then I can respond to his points and he can't say anything back to me. So, you know, there it is. Okay. So, um, first this movie, uh, we, we both predicted very low enjoyment for it. And I mean, no surprises. Um, we are not fans of this franchise. Neither of us. Um, we both like Bumblebee. And that's it. So I th- I'm sure Dylan's seen them all. I'm sure. I have seen one. I've seen whatever number The Last Night is. I think that's five. And I've seen Bumblebee. And the only one I liked was Bumblebee. I hated The Last Night. Um, Transformers 1 is fine, I guess. Um, I just don't care for it. And I don't have any sort of a nostalgia for the franchise as a kid. Um. I didn't watch it as a child. I didn't have the toys. I just never got into Transformers like, at all. Um, and I know very little about, you know, the deeper lore of the series. It's just not. It's never been my thing. So this is definitely not a movie for me. Um, not You know what I mean? Like, this is definitely a movie that hits on everybody's, um, all the fans' built-in nostalgia. Um, anyway, so <laughs> Dylan says, Was hoping for Bumblebee 2, but we got a Michael Bay sequel. Um, I completely agree. Um, This did not... So it was a Bumblebee sequel in name only. They did reference to Bumblebee. Didn't you have a human friend? You know, blah, blah, blah. So they did reference that this is... a They acknowledged the previous film. Um, But other than that, the tone was back to the Michael Bay verse, which is to say bad. Um, So I completely agree there. He says the human leads were charismatic, but... Thinly written. Felt odd that Noah's character arc about helping his brother was suddenly wrapped up in an after credit scene. Exactly. Like, I completely agree there. So I think the acting was decent from, oh boy, names Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback. She looks super familiar. I don't remember what I know her from, but I have to look that up. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, their acting was good, but boy, it's like, talk about doing a lot with a little. They The, the dialogue... The script in this movie is real bad. It's bad. It's not good. Um, <laughs> it's it. There, it's it's not even just exposition, there, which there is a lot of exposition dialogue. There's also it's just doesn't make any sense and doesn't follow like logical patterns. It's just it's just very poorly written film. Um, and like Dylan said, um, there's a there's a through line of Noah. Anthony Ramos's character um, trying to help his brother who's sick, and they can't afford medical treatment for him, and etc. And they just sort of wrap it it's like that's like his entire motivation for going to help Optimus Prime and or Mirage, I guess, because Mirage is his friend. Um, to his whole motivation is to go help his brother, and that is <laughs> fixed in an after credits scene. That seems really lame, but that tells you what the movie is actually about, right? Um. The movie, um, so Dylan and I do agree there. Um, the movie tried to align Noah and Elena's struggle, Elena being Dominique Fishback's character, um, their struggles with racism slash um, economic inequality um, with the struggles faced by the Autobots. Obviously, that did not land. Um, totally agree. Um, it's it's real hard to relate real-world problems that we face and see every day, and see in the news and on Facebook and on Instagram and on TikTok, every single day, and are a real problem with the giant robots problems. You know, like it's it doesn't I, it doesn't translate. Especially, well, you know what? I don't want to say that it can't. I bet you there's a there is a world in which you can write a very deeply philosophical Transformers film. I don't I don't know. I don't think we'll ever see that. I mean, you can definitely make those allegories. The story is there, but it's just this isn't the movie to do it. You know, it's like uh, they're, they're really trying to step out of their lane there. And yeah, um, so completely agree with Dylan there. Um, next Dylan point is Optimus Prime's team was fine. Mirage played by Pete Davidson was a standout. Absolutely. Um, Honestly, I would go so far. I I would actually disagree a little bit more. I would say Optimus Prime himself is awful in this movie. I know it's the same guy. What's his name? Peter Cullen. Um, Look, respectfully, I know he's been playing Optimus Prime forever, but he was not good in this movie. Now, it's not just his fault. Uh, It is also the very, very poor script, but there's a part in the movie. Well, I'm spoiling it, so there's the big one. Um, towards the beginning, when Bumblebee dies, um, don't worry—he comes back at the end, <laughs> which we obviously know is going to happen. Because um, they bring his body <laughs> around from scene to scene. It's Like, well, gee, I wonder if they're going to bring Bumblebee back. But like, Optimus can't even emote when he's trying to exple- express his sadness that his fr- like lifelong Autobot friend has just died. He's just no, be—it's just bad. Um, the performance is really just distractingly poor. Um, but Pete Davidson as Mirage was great. I mean, you know, relatively dialogue, still terrible. So like everybody, no matter their skill, is still having to overcome this abomination of a script. It's so terrible. It took three people to write this movie, um, looking at the credits, uh, which is remarkable. Um, anyway, Um Pete Davidson was pretty good. Um, Mirage was uh, the the funny, wisecracking one in the movie. Um, and he formed a bond with Noah. And yeah, he was the only one that I would re- say is even worth talking about. Like, RC wasn't really there. Optimus, I already talked about. Bumblebee is dead in most of the movie. You know, no one else matters. Um, then there's the Maximals. They served no, according to Dylan, they served no purpose other than some exposition from Michelle Yeoh's character. Oh, boy, good I'm trying to remember the name of the eagle that she played. Um, started with an A. Someone's yelling at me right now, I'm sure. Um, anyway, I agree because the Maximals really didn't have anything to do. I, or, they were just so they show up in the first five minutes of the movie and then they, they explain why that they're still around on Earth. And then they show back up later and they're like, hey, Optimus, we're going to help you do the thing. Um, and like okay thanks uh, well, let's be friends again didn't, didn't you used to hate me you know they have this it, do, it doesn't really do anything other than wouldn't it be cool if we had you know Optimus Primal in the movie Michelle Yo played Air Razor by the way Air Razor the eagle um, and again she was fine but all she had was exposition um, yeah the Maximals did not need to be here um, it just added a layer of complexity or perceived complexity that did not need to be there um, Dylan says uh so i agree there um, Dylan says can't remember the plots of the previous transformers movie already forgetting this one um i agree for the most part um I think the plot was um, also very poor um it's just very simple i should say like it's there's not there's not a lot to it you know it's um guy, guy uh, is trying to save his brother who's sick and <laughs> tries to save the world and it's there's not much to it, but they try to really add a lot of extra junk in there that doesn't need to be in there, um, and just pad the runtime. The run the movie is pretty short, honestly. Um, yeah, I will say I don't I, I like Bumblebee a lot, but I don't remember much of the plot. I don't remember the plot for either of the the two other Transformers movies I've seen. So completely agree there. Dylan says almost none of the jokes landed. Um, I mostly agree with that. I think other than Mirage. And nobody else was funny. Um, and his final note is that the G.I. Joe crossover at the end seems promising. Original cast? Snake Eyes cast? New cast? I don't know. You know, um, that, you know I think they, they made the right call of not having the G.I. Joe reveal as a uh, post-credits thing. And then make it be the final scene of the film before the credits roll so that you make sure you let people know that this G.I. Joe thing is happening. Um, so if if you haven't seen the movie and you want to know, uh, the main character, after uh, helping Optimus save the world, of course, um, is going back to look for a job to help pay for his brother's illnesses, and then gets recruited to join the G.I. Joes, basically. Um, yeah, that's and it's, it's neat, I guess. I don't care about either of those properties. So anyway, so the last bit of... Dylan's Bumble, I'm sorry um, his, uh, what do you call it, his review the last, bullet point, excuse me there we go, we got to it, the last bit of Dylan's bullet point is his uh, score, which we'll get to at the end, but I wanted to talk for a second about my direct comparisons of this movie, so for me, this is a direct compare, I'm going to directly compare it to the most similar movie that I've seen lately, and that's Fast X Um, how are they comparable, they're both big budget-ish, you know Action films, obviously Fast X is an enormous budget. Um, they're, they're, they're summer popcorn films, right? Um, and long franchises. So I, I'm going to bury the lead a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to bury the lead a little bit. I'm going to tell you that I'm giving this the same score that I gave Fast X. Which if you remember that, you'll know. Um, but for very different reasons. Um, I, I I was so bored with this movie for the first third, maybe half, first first half of the movie and then I don't know what happened. I guess I just sort of realized that the movie was almost over, and I started to care a little bit more. And I had I had an okay time at the theater, um, in the back half of the movie. Um, honestly, anytime that Optimus Prime wasn't there, um, I wasn't I wasn't bored. The story was bad, and the dialogue is bad, and the plot is bad. But you know what? Like I I I had an okay time at the movie because I think. Fast X is also bad. Uh, Go back and listen to our review for all my thoughts on that. But I think Fast X is enjoyable. But Fast X takes itself so seriously. It's trying so hard to be Infinity War. And this isn't. This definitely knows it's a Transformers movie. And big robots fight every 15 minutes. Gotta have a robot show up and do something cool. Cool. You know, while that's not for me, I think they are both... I would see Transformers Rise of the Beasts again before I watch Fast X again. Maybe two more times before I watch Fast X again. Because Fast X is like three hours, has a ridiculous ending that it does not earn in any capacity. So, like, I'm giving them both the same score, but if I had to pick one or the other, I would pick uh, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So... Um, Dylan is giving this a 1.5 out of five. We use the letterbox scale. If you are unfamiliar, I am giving it a two. I mean, it's not—it's not much better than Dylan's. Um, D- Dylan's uh, tagline here is "Bumblebee was a fluke. This was an endurance test." Um, I, I, I agree. Bumblebee was definitely a fluke, and I think there is very little redemption for this franchise going forward, unless this GI Joe thing pans out to be really cool, which I'm not excited about it, but. I'm sure people are. Yeah, so I'm giving it a 2. Dylan gives it a 1.5. But I really do think that Fast X is a good comparison because this is an hour shorter. I don't know. I I think this movie did what it needed to do. I mean, did it exceed expectations? Not at all. I expected it to be bad and it was bad. I expected Fast X to be better than 9 and it was worse and more grandiose and longer and (laughs) more dull and more stupid. Like, I, I I don't know if I mentioned it in the Fast X review, um, but I really I really hated that the final um, I guess spoilers for Fast X. Uh, so turn it off right now. Um, the final set piece in the movie with the dam is in the trailer, and you see them jumping off. So it's like you see them hitting their Hot Wheels ramp off the off the the dam, and I'm like, if boy, I hope Dom makes it off this jump. You know, it's like it's you you stepped on your biggest set piece in the movie in every trailer you did. Like and you have this stupid cliffhanger ending, which they again, they did not earn. So again, this one didn't try to this one did not get too big for its bridges at all. Um, so to me, that make that gives it a warm fuzzy over Fast and Furious. I respect it more <laughs> for not insulting me. Again, it's, still, it's bad, though. Like, Don't get me wrong. The movie is not good. And I don't want to watch it again. But if I had to pick between the two, I'd pick this one. All right. That's it. That's the show. No Dylan. Look, we're here. We're under 40 minutes, okay? Or maybe with commercials, it'll probably be close to 40 minutes. Anyway, hope you stuck around the whole time. Sorry. Um, it was just me. Uh, Dylan will be back next week to review The Flash. Um, and... Yeah, that's it. Thank you all so much for downloading us. I really appreciate all the support. We'll see you next time. This is Michael. Thanks for sticking around for the mid-credits. We can tell you've been trained well. If you want to help us out, please go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. It'll really help new people find the show, and it will help us to get Rotten Tomatoes verified so we can start affecting those rankings. Then, check out our socials. We're BRC Uncanny on Twitter, Uncanny Universe on Facebook and Instagram, We'll see you online.